Amen. Thank you. Enjoying us and praying for her. Um, so uh, I said in, in, the, in the weekly message, this was a special special Sunday, and, and it is. So originally, um, we thought both of our girls were going to be gone at a youth camp this week. Well, they got the dates wrong. Um, and so we'd, I'd already scheduled and made plans to have someone else speak this week for Tilly and I to lead worship. And um, I want to bring up uh, Gary Butler, uh, who, in case you're wondering, yes, this is my, uh, my father. And it is a blessing and honor to have him come and uh, share God's word with us this morning. Um, for as long as I've known him, which would be my entire life, uh, he's been a pastor and a fantastic, uh, fantastic preacher and share of God's word. So would you uh, just give me, uh, join me in uh, giving a warm uh, round of applause for uh, Gary Butler, who's going to share the word with us this morning. Wow, this is always a privilege, and I love uh, sharing God's word. I'll just warn you, I'm a teacher-preacher. That's just the way that the Lord has wired me. And uh, I've really enjoyed hearing John's messages since uh, the launch of Real Life Vineyard Church. He did a wonderful series to begin with, Good News, Bad News. And if you were here for the first Sundays, he talked about the good news that God has a fantastic plan for your life. And he said that's kind of coupled with some bad news in the sense that you have to give up control to the Lord. But I just want to say that's really not bad news after all, because when you got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the all-powerful God on your side and in your corner and planning out your life, it's really a good thing for him to be in control because he's got such a wonderful plan. Now, I have a loaded question to ask. Is anybody a little bit tired this morning? I'm seeing several hands today, and I was talking to uh, Trinity earlier. Part of her uh, graduation celebration was to have a sleepover, and the thing was, it was an over with no sleep. <laughs> so I think she's still in recovery mode. And uh, Jesus, though, offers the promise of real rest and refreshment in our lives, not just for temporary tiredness, but it's, it's a way of life. So God promises... Not that he'll make all the promise problems go away. Uh, not that we'll never have anything bad happen. But he does promise a way of life in which we can find and experience rest and relationship and realize and live out the plan that God has for us. So this morning, I'm just going to unpack three simple verses. You know, I'm just kind of wired that way. And so um, I'm going to read it in a couple of different translations and this is just the way I work. I'm going to read the scripture all up front, and then we're going to kind of unpack it. So Matthew chapter 11, we'll start with verse 28. I'm going to begin by reading from the New Living Translation. This is just one of my favorite, more modern translations. It reads like this. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Okay, I'm going to read it again. One more uh, translation. 
Uh, this is a modern paraphrase that I like a whole lot. This is the message version of the Bible. Same verses, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Okay, so let's unpack the word this morning. First thing that I want to talk about today, first teaching point is this, that rest and refreshment is found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So when Jesus said, come unto me, he was inviting you to a personal relationship, personal friendship. So Jesus didn't say, come to religion, especially not to a religion full of all kinds of binding legalistic rules. He didn't even say, come to church for what some people do, kind of a token nod to God hour on Sunday mornings. He didn't even say come to an intellectual acceptance of theology or doctrine where you've got everything figured out that you believe. He said come to me and he was inviting us into a relationship with him. And so when we talk about a relationship with Jesus, it's not a once and done thing. You might think, well, I've got this down already. I've met Jesus as my Savior. I have him as my personal Lord. But it's, it's meant to be a daily, ongoing, deepening personal relationship and friendship where we learn all of our life long and we grow all of our life long. And, and he makes more and more of us as time goes by. Now, in 2019 through 2021, I'm just going to confess to you, although like my son John said, Pastor John said, I've been a pastor for a mighty long time, and you'd think I've got this all figured out by now. But in 2019 through 2021, I nearly hit tonal burnout. And so here was the situation. My mom, who was uh, uh, well into her 80s and getting close to 90, moved into our home. She moved all the way from the Ozark Mountains of Arkansas to our house in West Virginia, moved in with us for the last year and a half of her life. And so it was a challenging time because mom had all kinds of issues, heart issues, health issues, mobility issues. Uh, she was struggling with some dementia things. And so sometimes she knew I was her son and sometimes she thought I was her husband. So this was really interesting at times. And uh, we became sort of 24-hour caregivers. A lot of the load fell on my wife, Carolyn. But we were taking care of her. I was still working a full-time job. And by the time mom passed away in 2021, I was just entirely exhausted. I mean, emotionally, spiritually, physically, you know, just fried in every sense of the word. And I was, um, I was reading a book by Wayne Cordero, who's a, a very well-known pastor. And he lists some signs that are warnings that you might be burning out. And so I want to share this list with you, and you might just see if you have any of these. So first of all, he says, number one, you're constantly tired and worn out. And boy, was that true for me. Number two, you have stomach pain or some other chronic physical pain, or notice you're more angry or irritable than, uh, than usual. And I was more irritable than usual. You know, I'm usually a pretty mild-mannered guy, and Stuff was getting to me. Number three, you're having a hard time sleeping or find yourself more emotional than feels normal. And boy, 
that was absolutely true for me because after mom passed away and we finished with all the funerals and everything like that, I, I decided I got to take some time off. And Carol and I were sitting in our car in our, our driveway. And when we leave and go on a trip, we usually pray for God to watch over us and give us traveling mercy. And I took Carolyn's hand in mine to pray. And um, I just started bawling. And, and, you know, it wasn't the fact that I was missing mom, although I love my mom. I was happy about where she was. I thought, she's not sick anymore. She's in her right mind. She's got her health back. She's been reunited with dad. She's in the presence of Jesus. You know, she's in a far better place. But I just had all these raw emotions that were just roiling around inside of me. Uh, a fourth thing is... Uh, your willpower is low. You have trouble getting up in the morning. You depend on coffee or colas to keep you going or you feel run down all the time. And that was true. And then uh, finally, number five, your weight isn't where it should be. You're either overweight or underweight. You eat too much or not enough. You're often grab food on the run or not at all. And I grabbed it on the run all the time way too much. And so uh, when I looked at this checklist, I had every one of those five things and thought, Lord, I have got to find a way to be refreshed and rested and renewed. And so I went to my boss. Uh, I've worked for four different district superintendents in the Assemblies of God. And so I was on his team and I, I told him, I said, Frank, <laughs> I know it's not in the budget. I've got to take time off. I've got to get away. I've got to get with God. I've got to find a way to be refreshed and renewed. And so uh, he gave me the time off. <laughs> he didn't pay me anything special to make the thing happen, but I would just grateful for the gift of time. And uh, I had a bad attitude. I'll just tell you that. I had a bad attitude going into this time away because I thought, Lord, me and you have to have it out somewhere because I've got to figure out what's next and what do I do from here and where do I go from here and what do you want me to do? And I thought, Lord, I just really need a word from you and I had all kinds of expectations. We, we headed out after bawling in the garage. And I thought, well, you know, we're going to drive the Blue Ridge Parkway. That's so scenic. And that'll be a great way for us to kind of enter into our, you know, time away for rest. And, and I thought, this will be, be great. But the parkway was shrouded with fog. And every time the fog parted, you saw just all these dead trees out there. You know, it was, it was still winter time. And, and I thought, well, this is no good. So I got back on the interstate. We finally got to the little cabin we were going to stay in, way down in southern Virginia, uh, almost near Galax, if you know where that is. And I thought, Lord, I'd really like to have some great weather when I can get out and walk. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you're going to have exactly the kind of weather you need. And uh, it snowed. And it was cold and it was windy. And uh, here's the thing. I just needed time alone with God, more than scenery, uh, more than a scenic drive, more than nature. I needed the supernatural. I needed to hear from the Lord. And when I began to press into God in prayer and say, Lord, I need a word from you, he says, oh, no. <laughs> he says, more than that, you need to rebuild your personal relationship with me. Now, I've been in this a long time. You know, I've been a Christian since I was six years old. And, uh, you know, perhaps Pastor John has talked about spiritual disciplines, you know, praying every day, reading your Bible every day. I did that just 
You know, I've read the Bible cover to cover 40, 50 times, and I was still doing that. But my personal devotions had kind of become a checklist where you checked off the duties that you had done. And the Lord wanted more for me. And so uh, in our time away, I just began to get up in the mornings and just spend some time, yeah, in the Word and listening to great worship music and just waiting on God and listening for His voice. And I did something that's called reframing. Reframing means you take something and you find a new way to look at it from a new angle. And so I said, well, Lord, I'm not going to look at my quiet time as devotional practices, you know, disciplines. But I'm going to look at this time that I spend with you just as relational time, spending time with my Heavenly Father, uh, listening for his voice, spending time with my big brother Jesus, who's my Savior, and basking in his love, and spending time with the sweet Holy Spirit and listening for his voice. And uh, I begin to practice what Robert Morris calls the principle of firsts. So Pastor Robert Morris talks about the principle of first as putting God first in everything. So I've started doing this. Every, every month when I get paid, <laughs> the very first check I write is my tithe check. Doesn't matter whether I know I can pay all my bills or not, I'm going to put God first. And a tithe is 10%, so I give God the first 10% of my income. Every month, it's the very first check I, I write. And then I started uh, Sabbath keeping. So, you know, the Bible tells us, in fact, this is on God's top 10 list. It's one of the Ten Commandments, is to remember the, the Sabbath and to keep it holy. So, I give God one day a week, and it's not always on a Sunday, not always a Saturday. Sometimes it's a Monday, but I'll take a day, and there's, there's no work. There's no responsibility that day. It's just spent, uh, you know, in the presence of God and in rest and in doing the things that are, are refreshing to me. And then my personal devotions, again, you know, reframing those as relationship-building practices I started giving God uh, pretty much the first hour of every day. So in the morning, uh, when I wake up, I don't check email. I don't check text messages. I don't read the news. I don't read Facebook. I don't, I don't see what's going on in the world. I just cut a cup of coffee. And I go to my, my study in my house. And I sit in the Lord's presence. And I spend time in his word listening for his voice. And I usually put on some great worship music and just interact and worship with the Lord and pray to him. And uh, uh, here's the neat thing. The, the unexpected thing for me was I began to experience the unexpected joy of the Lord. I mean, just almost every day, there was this sense of joy and delight of just being in his presence. And I can't tell you how renewing and restful and refreshing that is to just be with him. Now, until recently, I also had a morning commute of about an hour and a half. So three hours a day in a car spent driving almost to Washington, D.C. and back from my home in West Virginia. And I even discovered there that if I put on worship music, 
and just worship the Lord while driving down the highway, it was a whole lot better, and I felt a whole lot better than when you're cursing traffic. <laughs> and so instead of thinking about the idiot drivers who were cutting me off, you know, I just spent time in the Lord, and I remember I was about halfway to Gainesville, Virginia, where the office is, and passing the Sheets gas station, and the joy of the Lord just flooded my Honda. I drive a little Honda, and, and I thought, well, this is neat, you know. Whoever thought that a Honda CRV could be a holy place where the presence of the Lord is? So this morning, I want to say to you, if you're tired and weary and worn down, you know, the answer to finding rest starts out in relationship with Jesus. So again, not religion, not rules, not right doctrine, not religious practices, but relationship building with him. And for me, that's been absolutely transformational. Now, second teaching point this morning is this, number two, rest, refreshment, life rhythm is found in the yoke of learning and following Jesus. Let me just repeat a couple of verses here. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. That's the New Living Translation. And then the message, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Now, yoke is not a fun word. In fact, we've got a picture to put on the screen, the line drawing of what a yoke in Bible times was like. And so a yoke kind of has the connotation of slavery and service, pulling or carrying a load or heavy object that's strapped to you. And so if you look at this drawing of the yoke there, you can see you've got two oxen. And so they're both uh, tied together using a yoke. And the thing is that uh, they're able to pull a whole lot more because they're paired up. And so back in Bible times, they would take a young, strong ox new to plowing and yoke it to an experienced animal who maybe was slow and not so strong but knew how the plowing was supposed to be done. And the young ox would learn how to pull the load or pull the plow by being paired uh, to the older animal. And so here in the Bible, Jesus' yoke, it's not lighter because he demands less, but because he bears more of the load with us. And so Jesus is saying, you know, the answer to you finding the rest, refreshment, the help, the rhythm you need is by you being yoked to me. So Jesus here is saying to us, we have the opportunity to learn how to do life by learning his ways and becoming like him. Uh, you know, again, I've been around a long time, so I still think in King James Version Bible, don't know if anybody else here uh, still reads King James, but the King James of this verse would say, I am meek and lowly. And you think, well, I'm not sure that's what I want to be. But here's the thing. Meekness in the Bible has nothing to do with weakness. The idea of weakness is strength under restraint and exercised in the service of others. And so when Jesus is inviting us into the yoke with him, he's saying, you know, I, I'm the one that's really able to help you pull the load no matter how heavy it gets in life, no matter the challenges of your life. If you live with me, if you work with me, if you learn of me, if you learn how to do it, if you learn the rhythms of life from, from me, uh, you're going to be able to do this. And so think of it 
as an offer of apprenticeship with the Son of God, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, offering to be. I know Tilly's done some coaching. So he's saying, I will be your coach. I will be your mentor. I'm going to show you how to do life in a powerful way. So he's inviting us into relationship to be a Christ follower, waiting on God, listening for his voice, walking in obedience. Now, a few Sundays ago, uh, John was also talking about uh, a question, and he said, how does God see you? Now, I was here for that one, and I have to travel a lot, so I'm not always here on Sundays, but uh, when I sat back there and I thought about that, how does God see you? Here's what came to mind for me. I heard, you're my beloved son. And I'm pleased with you. And you know, I think there's probably a whole lot of you in the room would have heard pretty much the same thing. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. <laughs> I like you. I'm in your corner, and I am pleased with you. Now, here's something that's important to understand. Um, the Bible would say in Romans 8.1, I don't think we have this one on the screen. Uh, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And then in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 10 says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And so that voice that wants to condemn you in general, that says to you, you're no good, you're trash, you're not good enough, you, you know, you're, you're, you're not so hot. That's not God. That's never the voice of God saying anything like that to you. When God speaks, it's never a general condemnation. If there's conviction, and so there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. So conviction is when the Holy Spirit talks to you about something specific in your life uh, that needs to change. And so I'll be honest with you, in the time I spent away and even today, as I listen for God's voice, there are specific things he talks to me about that needs to change in my life. He still loves me. He's still pleased with me in a general way, but I've got some growing to do. I've got some changing to do. So he talks to me and tells me I need to start writing. This is, this is a new endeavor for me. Uh, he tells me I need to eat low-carb food. Now, I'm a diabetic, so this just makes a whole lot of sense, but there's a whole lot of good things out there aren't low-carb. But this is something I need to do to cooperate with him. And he tells me I need to get up and walk and get some exercise I'm not so keen on any of those things, but they're the things that I need to do. And so what you're going to hear from the Lord is going to be very different than me. So again, where do you get the rest, refreshment? You find the, the rhythm in life by relationship with Jesus and then by learning from him, taking his yoke, learning how he does life, letting him help carry the load. And then the third thing, we're going to wrap this up here just in a moment Third teaching point today is this. Number three, the rest, refreshment, life rhythm is found in becoming the person God created you to be. Now, this is the journey of a lifetime. Now, a long time ago, in fact, uh, Pastor John was talking about the graduate recognition here. Maybe I can get in on that too. I'm working on a doctor's degree 
I'm at least two years out. But I, I'm, I'm hoping that we can celebrate that here, here together. But way back when I was just a teenager, I was trying to figure out what God wanted me to do with my life. And so I'd gone away to college. I was in a liberal arts school. I had begun uh, doing uh, radio announcing. I was in the theater department. I was studying psychology. And there was just this um, restlessness in my heart, you know, that I hadn't really heard the voice of the Lord. One night, late at night, I was outside my dormitory just looking up into the starry night sky of the Ozark Mountains. This was in Missouri. And as I prayed, I heard the Lord say to me very clearly, feed my sheep. Now that's a Bible verse that comes from John 21 when Jesus is talking to the apostle Peter and trying to get him back in line with God's will for his life. And I thought, well, Lord, there's my answer. If I'm going to feed sheep, you're talking about me being a pastor and a shepherd and a teacher for the rest of my life. Now, my earthly father, uh, Ken Butler, he passed away a long time ago. In fact, uh, John hardly got to know him at all before dad passed away. He died young. But my dad gave me some good advice about shoes. So I'm just wearing some casual shoes here this morning. But dad would say this. He says, look, whenever you buy a pair of shoes, try them on in the store. And if they don't feel pretty good, don't buy them. No matter how stylish they are, no matter how fancy they look, if they don't feel somewhat good in the store, they're never going to feel any better because they won't fit the shape of your feet. Now, if you're trying to be somebody that God never created you to be, it's never going to fit. And so, again, I had that confirmation that the Lord was calling me to be a pastor teacher. Now, Let's just say up front, there are times we have to do what is needed. Now, I know that uh, Real Life Vineyard Church here is new, and you all are pitching in and doing things that aren't necessarily what you feel called to do in life. But if you help do what's needed now, I'm sure Pastor John and Pastor Tilly will help you find the place where you really fit as things unfold and this church begins to develop. Let me give you just a couple of passages of scripture from Romans 12. Here I'm going to read the message version again. Here's what it says. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And now I want to drop down in that same Romans chapter 12 to verse 5. Let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be. Without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's message, 
nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with a disadvantage, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Just keep a smile on your face. Now, all throughout my life, I have found my best time in being where God wanted me to be as a pastor teacher. I did that for years uh, leading a church and then I was invited into district leadership and I became a pastor to pastors for a lot of years. And then my last current boss uh, needed help with administration. So I've kind of stepped away from pastoring to do the administrative work. And I'm a competent administrator, but it does not float my boat. It's not what God called me to be. So I'm stepping out of administration and going back to being pastor teacher. Right now I'm teaching graduate students at one college and undergrads in another college. And so I'm kind of being a pastor teacher to young people. And I feel like I'm just back in the place where God wants me to be. So this morning, friends, find your place in family. And this can be your spiritual family in friendship and fellowship. Find your place in ministry and service. Find your significance and purpose in becoming the person God created you to be. So I'm going to wrap this up and turn this back to John in just a moment. But first, I want to pray for you. So I want to ask you this morning a question. And I just want you to kind of ponder, what has the Holy Spirit been saying to you while I've been speaking here this morning? So how's your relationship? personal relationship with the Heavenly Father, His Son, Jesus, the sweet Holy Spirit? How's your followership? How are you doing about learning to live like, like, like Jesus taking on the Christ life? And how's your lifestyle of worship doing what God has called you to do? So would you bow your heads for just a moment, everybody, please? And so I just want to ask a question today. If you're, if you're here and you would say, uh, Pastor Butler, um, I feel like I, I need some help with my relationship with God. Would you just slip your hand up and down? And I'm not going to point anybody out here, but I do want to pray for you. Thank you. Anybody here who would say, um, I feel like I need some help with my followership, that I need to, God's trying to teach me, and I need to learn some things to be more like him. Anybody, you'd raise your hand and say, that's, that's kind of me. Okay, and then anybody here would say, I'm still trying to find my place, you know, where I can live my life as worship to God. So I'm trying to figure out that calling, that purpose. Anyone lift your hands? Yeah, several there. Amen, amen. All right, so you can put your hands down. Uh, I'm going to ask everybody to stand up for a moment. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to give the mic back to Pastor John to wrap things up. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the fact that you sent your son Jesus into our world, Lord, to pay the price and to set the example and to show us the way. And sweet Jesus, we're so glad that you give us the offer of rest. 
by coming into a relationship with you. And Lord, for every person here that needs to rebuild or deepen their relationship with you, Lord, just lead them, guide them, show them the way, Lord, that you want to make that happen. Lord, we won't accept any condemnation from the devil, but Lord, we want to hear the sweet voice of correction with it say, this is the way, this is the thing you need to change, this is what you need to do. So Lord, let us hear that. And Lord, for those trying to find their place, understand their calling, figure out what you want them to do, Lord. Just speak and guide and direct in a precious way. And Lord, we thank you for making us part of your kingdom. Lord, we love you. We appreciate you. We give you praise today. Amen. Amen. Pastor John, come back and you can close the service any way you like. And thank you so much. Um, I don't know about you guys. I, that was, that was, I needed that. I uh, needed to hear that this morning. So thank you. Thank you, Dad. Um, and uh, I was just, uh, thank you guys for being here this morning. I hope, uh, I hope this has been something that's added value uh, and, and been a, a positive influence on your life this morning. And I'm going to pray one more time uh, before you. I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over all of you um, that we can take, take this week and uh, the things that, that God's kind of pointed out in our hearts uh, that you're like, oh man, that's me, God. I need to, to respond to that or, or, or what, that we'll walk that out. So um, God, I, I just pray for your favor and blessing in, in all of all of the, the lives of the people that are here this morning. Lord God, you've spoken to us. You have uh, touched on our hearts, tugged on us. Um, and it's, it's, it's different for each one of us. And it's, it's amazing to me how you can use one person and one scripture and one uh, voice and say so many things to all of us that's so personal and so meaningful. So uh, God, help us to walk out and to respond in, in obedience and respond in um, uh, just submission to what you wanna what you wanna do in our lives. And God, I pray you bless everyone here, Lord God, that your presence would would go before them and go behind them, Lord God. That in their in their uh, coming and their going, you would be with them, Lord God. That when they rise, when they go to sleep, they would have the sense of that you are with them. And God. Uh, we just want to see your best in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, I want to encourage you guys, uh, next week's Father's Day. Uh, we've got something special planned for, uh, for fathers. And um, just love you guys. Have a fantastic, wonderful rest of your week. We love you all.